Hi, this is Jane Patton. And I'm Trisha Barday. And we want to welcome you to the podcast True North, a ministry of North Road Community Church. We are so excited to use this space to continue the conversations that happen when we hear a Sunday morning sermon or are reading the Bible or just in community with one another. So thank you for spending the next few moments with us, listening to our guests and joining us as we continue our walk north. And be sure to share us with your friends. Let's get started. Welcome back to the True North Podcast. We are here with Pastor Greg McGee from the North Road uh, St. Charles Church. And this is my pastor, so I'm so glad to get to have another conversation. We had one earlier with you this year, and we get to have you back. And it's always wonderful to talk with you and hear your thoughts on things. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So you had recently done, uh, recently, I say over the summer, a really in-depth look at what heaven looks like. And I think as Christians in Christian culture, as well as all other kinds of spiritual culture, Mm -hmm. we are fascinated, we are enamored, we are just hungry to get a glimpse of what heaven might be like. And there's tons of books written about it, people who have had experiences. And honestly, we eat them up, don't we? We really love them. We're fascinated about what we possibly are going to see. I think right now there's movies that are still coming out about it. There's a movie out right now that like people that they say that they've gone and come back. I I don't know that I see a lot of biblical evidence for that. Haven't seen the movie, but there is something about it. And I think that another reason why I'm so excited about this conversation about heaven is because grief is so real. Mm -hmm. And, and when we are grieving, you know, one of the things we're going to talk about is grieving. We, we we don't grieve without hope, but it is, it's, we need to know that our, that we will see our loved one again. And we are, we are so curious to know what's happening in their lives because we miss them so, so violently. You know, and so so I'm excited about this. I'm excited to find out what we're going to find out about heaven today. And I think part of the reason that that there's so much curiosity out there about it is that if you like, if you go to, I have one sitting in my car, a systematic theology book that's a thousand pages long, right? And you look at all the pages that talk about heaven mm-hmm. biblically, you know, the, the theology of heaven, there's maybe two or three pages oh my that gosh. talks about heaven, and that's pretty well true across all of uh, what I would what we would consider conservative. Theologians, they right. just don't talk about it much, um, and I think it's worth talking about. It is worth talking and, about, and exactly for what you said, I think yeah. that there is a heaven. You know, we we don't we don't come to Christ and we don't follow Christ just because of heaven, but we get to go to heaven. There is a, it, I'm yeah. grateful for heaven. There's a book, I believe it's by Philip Yancey, that's just entitled Heaven. Yeah. And I and I read that, and then uh, when my when my grandmother was passing away, my grandmother read it when her husband was passing Aww. away. And there is just something. In fact, we and when I have spoken at funerals, I have drawn information from that book. So I, I if if I'm plugging anything in this podcast, it is to to get the book Heaven by Philip Yancey. It's fantastic. Yeah. And we're fascinated with heaven because we're going to be there forever. That's one thing mm-hmm. that we do know that we're going to be there forever. And what we want to talk to you about because you have you have squeezed out so much great information and wanting to tell your people about what to look forward to in heaven. Um, There's this whole thing about that you start out saying, where will we spend eternity? And that maybe we are kind of missing some of these details that there are different kinds of eternity to look at, but maybe not 
what the typical, uh, what we expect, you know, because I'm not talking about like, um, you know, the Hindus, like we're just going to go into a nothingness or whatever, yeah. but there is the Catholics who believe in purgatory. There is yeah. what the Old Testament, where did Old Testament believers go versus mm -hmm. New uh, Testament believers. So let's dive into where will we spend eternity? So I think the as I was studying this and um, really honestly, as I jumped into it, I'd never really spent a ton of time studying heaven and, and what that looks like biblically. And so um, I think the biggest shocking thing for me was that the answer to the question, there's two questions, where do we go when we die and where will we spend eternity? And the answer to those two questions are different. Mm. There's two different answers to those questions. So as far as the Old Testament writers and all those, um, our loved ones who have gone before us, who've passed on, um, they, are, they are in God's presence. They are in what some theologians would call the intermediate heaven. There's a place that God has for those who have gone on to be with him, but it's not the final place. And we know that hmm. because if you fast forward all the way to the end of Revelation, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of, the reason, you know, we'd talked before and maybe we'll come back and talk about pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, amillennial, post, you know, all that. Um, the reason I, I dove into that, into this series, is because regardless of what you believe about when Christ comes back and when uh, believers will be taken up, it's before the trib or after the trib, whatever, um, the part that we're talking about here when, when it says, and then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, that everybody agrees that's last. Right. Okay. That's at the end. And so the new heaven and new earth don't exist yet. Yeah. Right? So where we will spend eternity doesn't even exist yet. God has not created it. Ah. So those who have gone before us are hanging out with God. And there's and there's some different views on that too. There is. And I want to go ahead and correct something. I said it. the book Heaven was by Philip Yancey. It's actually by Randy Alcorn. Okay. That's, the, that's the book that I've read. Yeah, yep. that's it's the book by Randy Alcorn. Yep. And I, I, all of a sudden I looked up, I thought, I don't think I gave the right author. So I wanted mm -hmm. to go back and double check that. But but he talks about that as well. Yeah. You know, and um, one of the things, do you, do you feel like that Jesus is where in this intermediate place, that that, that is where he is yes. currently? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about whenever, um, one of the questions that I get asked doing ministry is, and, and because, and, and this is not against any, like what I'm going to say is not against any denomination, but what I hear overarchingly from my Catholic friends are that, you know, that their loved ones go to a place called purgatory and that uh, the people that are still living are praying for them while they're there that maybe they could get out of purgatory faster. Um, I, I try to go through scripture. I, I'm not exactly where that comes from. I, I don't know exactly where that comes from. I don't see the word purgatory. I do see Abraham's bosom, and I'm wondering if that's the connection where they, they get that idea from. I'm not really what what that is. Do you have any idea? Yeah. Yeah, I want to... I want to tread lightly here, um, but um, I took a class in, in seminary and dove really deeply into this. There were a lot of things that came, and without um, speaking negatively about um, uh, current you know, believers who are in the Catholic Church, but in the early Catholic Church, a lot of, a lot of what they did and, and a lot of their theology and what they believed really came out of a desire to build and so, um, for for example, pur purgatory was a belief. In fact, it, it really comes out of the the um, oh, the Maccabees and the and the ones sure. that were added. They were added uh, to the canon of the Catholic Bible post the Protestant Reformation. So after yes. Martin Luther nailed the ninety five theses on the wall, 
uh, in response because essentially what Martin you know, sola scriptura only scripture. And so the Catholic Church response to that was, okay, well, then we'll just make this scripture. And that's really where a lot of that theology comes from. But a lot of it was, and again, at least in it, at times, um, a thousand years ago, that was mostly driven by, so for instance, uh, purgatory, you could go and view relics, right, uh, which were pieces of the cross, bones of the saints, all these different things, and, and one of my professors walked through and he says, currently today in Europe, you can see seven skulls of Peter and 25 fingers of Paul, and you can, you know, and, and a lot of that was in order to view these relics, yes. you had to pay an entrance fee, yeah. and if you viewed these relics, you got a certain number of millions of years off of purgatory. Yes. And so at least in the past, a lot of that was built on a desire to raise funds to build the great cathedrals that we see all, all through Europe. That's fascinating to me. I was just curious, but the one thing that I try to do in Scripture, what I the reason why I asked you if if you believe that Jesus is where you know currently what we would mm-hmm. what I would call heaven. I, I would just call it heaven. You know, I, even yeah. though I do believe there will be a new heaven and a new earth, um, I think about the thief on the cross that um, Jesus, you know, he said, remember me in heaven. And Jesus looked at him and he said, today you will be with me in paradise. Today mm-hmm. you'll be with me in mm-hmm. paradise. That there wasn't a, a another another place to go to before you got to be with Jesus. And yep. so that, that to me, I was just always curious about. Well, now you had mentioned Abraham's bosom, which yeah. is uh, maybe an obscure thing. And maybe some people haven't heard that, um, but it does describe something that is a reality. Can you go into that for us? Again, I, I would I would say Abraham's bosom. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a um, a term, to my understanding, to just describe that place where, and it's it's also used with regards to you're talk um, in the New Testament. You have the story of the um, the rich man and Lazarus, and a, a lot of people would say that that's it's analogous. It's a parable. We shouldn't take it literally. It's a story that Jesus told. Uh, number one, that's the only story. Uh, only parable that Jesus ever told that he named one of the characters. No, nowhere else did he name a character. And in that particular one, he called the rich man and then Lazarus specifically. Uh, but uh, and, and there's no reason to believe that he would have just um, made that name. One of his best friends was Lazarus. So right. why, why would he choose that name? So I think Lazarus was a real person. And, and, I, and also, if Jesus was going, you know, there's a point of that parable. The point is that... Um, um, that you should, you know obviously that it's it's not riches that get you to heaven right he's trying to make a point that was countercultural in his day but I, I think he was using a true story and, and and the other thing that I would say is that in that particular situation why would Jesus make something up that's not true that's not accurate as to how things actually are, are? correct and so anyway the so I think that in that particular case he uses Abraham's bosoms just a, a way to describe. Again, what I would call uh, the intermediate heaven, this place where we go when we die, and all of us, if, until, unless Jesus comes back mm-hmm. first and we get to, because that's the Bible talks about that, that those who are already dead will will be raised, and then those um, who are still here will meet them in the air, and then we will all join with Jesus in the last day. And so um, so those ones that have gone before us, and unless Jesus comes back and, and we die, then all of us will uh, when we die, we'll go to be with Jesus, and then whenever Jesus comes back, we'll be reunited with those who are still living and meet him in the air. So I think that a lot of people have questions about, you know, it, when we're in heaven, what are we going to look like? What of our, you know, there's different theories about we'll be asleep, we'll be awake, well, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And I and 
I think just dovetailing on what you talked about, this parable of describing what an afterlife looked like for someone who was a believer and someone who wasn't a believer, it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting um, parable. Parable means a story about uh, to, 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 get, to give a, a real spiritual understanding to something. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about the conscious, what have you learned about the conscious or non-conscious existence that we might have in heaven? This is, I think this is one of the, I think this is some of the ground where, you know, like the only real honest answer is I don't know. And all of it's a little bit speculative, but, but based on what I understand in scripture and specifically um, one of the main passages that I would go to is the Mount of Transfiguration. Whenever Jesus goes up on the mountain, uh, the three go up with him. And when, when Jesus is transfigured, what do they see? They see Jesus and then they see Elijah and they see Moses, mm-hmm. right? With him in bodily form. And so, um, Certainly God could, and here's the argument that people would make against that. So I would, I would say that that's evidence that we exist somehow in bodily form, although our earthly bodies are, are not, not restored yet. Are not restored yet, right? So that God um, gives us some kind of temporary bodily form where conscience, con- conscience, conscious with him. Um, uh, um, people who would disagree with that would say, well, God's perfectly capable of, in that moment, giving Moses and Elijah a bodily form temporarily, raising them, you know, out of soul sleep temporarily. And uh, anyway, I, I don't, I don't buy into that. I, I just, I, I think there's multiple um, examples throughout Scripture where people who have gone on before have, in some way or another, interacted with those who are still alive. And so I, I believe that when we're in heaven, in the intermediate heaven, we're alive and we're conscious. Um, and I don't, I don't know what that looks like specifically. Jesus refers to it as paradise. Mm-hmm. So it's whatever it is. And you know, what, honestly, I mean, all of us adults, aren't we okay with, I mean, even if it is soul sleep, I like sleep, you know, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm, I won't be mad about it if I'm wrong, but, I, but I do think we're conscious. And as far as what we're doing that, doing during that time, I, I don't know. I, I do know, I like the, the, the eternal heaven. I feel like I have a better grasp on what that's going to look like and what we'll be doing, but the intermediate heaven, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure what what God's going to have us doing there. One of the things that I, when I've, when I've studied heaven, <clears throat> and I think it's also from Randy Alcorn's book that is just so profound, but it talks about how God is a creator God. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So he is always creating. He mm-hmm. is, we are always learning. You know, we will always, there will always be things for us to discover. So it makes me wonder in heaven, like, you know, I think that the we will like things that we have known by faith, we will know now by mm-hmm. sight. Um, and I think, but I, but I think that when we get to heaven, there will still be things that we'll be learning, still be things that we will be discovering, still be things that God is still creating, um, because He doesn't cease to be who He is, His nature. And then it's not like we become God, right? I right. mean, there is a yeah. theory out there. Also, some religions believe that once we die, then we are gods. Yeah, you know. But and, and we also don't become angels, right? We're right. not angels, and we are not God. So, how would you describe our roles? in relationship to God when we get to heaven? I think a lot of it's going to be uh, incredibly similar to our current experience, only without the hindrance of sin and brokenness and death and illness and all of that junk. Um, so I, so here's, you know, we talked at the beginning, where do I go when I die? And we kind of talked about that. Where will we spend eternity? I think the answer to that question is different. And the Bible says in Revelation at the very end, it talks about how um, this, the, there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And then specifically, it talks about how then heaven will come to earth and God will dwell with man, not the other way around. So that's that's a really important distinction for those of us who are wanting to know, 
for the rest of all of eternity, you know, when we've been there 10,000 years, right, shining, you know, mm-hmm. what's that going to look like? That's going to be look like uh, a new earth, mm-hmm. right? Earth, and, and there's all kinds of words that they could have used, but they use specifically the word earth. So there's going to be a new earth, the way God originally intended it. Heaven is going to come down to earth, and God is going to dwell with man on earth. So as far as that creativeness, man, I, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know, this, and this is all speculation, right? That, but, but the earth is earth, and there are fish and birds and, and life and mm-hmm. lands to explore and um, fun to be had and relationships to be built. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, in part of that sermon series, I read this little excerpt from Huck Finn about how um, Huck Finn asked his Sunday school teacher, you think Tom Sawyer will be in heaven? And she says, I, I, I bet not. He goes, well, and I don't, I don't have any desire to go. Because the way she described heaven was, you know, when we've seen all of this, where it's uh, ethereal clouds. I said, jokingly, I said in my sermon, why is it that everybody's perception of heaven is, looks like Donald Trump designed it? You know, <laughs> it's golden laden, everything. And and God, God could have made earth that way, but he didn't. He created trees and flowers and fields and seas and all of these things. So the eternal heaven, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very similar to what we experience now. It's going to be Earth, and um, and and I'm I just can't wait. And to that point, I, creative point, I kind of envision. And again, I have no biblical basis for this, but God is creative, right? Mm-hmm. And new species are popping up all the time just through the genetic magic that God created when He created, you know, the Earth. And so I, I just think every once in a while we'll be walking uh, by a place that we've been before, and it'll be different. I think mm. so too. I think that there are. Um, I think that because God has created, I think there's there's things in heaven that we have not seen yet, and because God had the creativity to have. I mean, I always think about how can you not believe there's a God when you see a giraffe or a zebra, you know, with really long necks or the stripes of a zebra. I mean, it's mind boggling to me how He's done it. And I had a dream one night, and and I don't know if it was just bad pizza or mm-hmm. what, but it was so clear. Um, and I was like on my way to heaven. I was like, and, and again, this is not biblical. It was just a dream that I had, but I, it was so vivid. And all of a sudden I began looking around and there were animals that I had, that were not, I had never seen before, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I remember waking up from that and I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool when we get to heaven, you know, and that there are, there are animals that we've just never seen before. I, it just blows my mind. And I think, you know, clearly in scripture, there, there are inhabitants, inhabitants of the sea, that we have never seen before, you yeah. know, things were, and dinosaurs that we've never seen before. And even, you know what I mean? Even though there are the remnants of it, we've just never in our day seen it. Even the heavenly beings that John describes. Heavenly you know, beings. The heavenly yeah. beings, the ones that have six wings, with two they cover their eyes, with two they cover their feet, and mm-hmm. with two they fly, you know. and, and Eyes, I, all, er, all eyes eyeballs everywhere. everywhere. You know, all these, all <laughs> like these fantastic creatures that yeah. certainly don't exist on, on earth right now. And so, yeah, I, that's... And and I'm and and as a guy, you know, with, from the guy's point of view, every every little boy, you know, they talk about, you know, um, little parent hack here, real quick. One of the things they talk about is give your boys opportunities to explore and discover, um, because in their brain, they um, all those same um, chemicals that are released playing video games and doing drugs and all that stuff uh, are also released when they go and and it's not discovered, right? I took my boys, uh, Gabe, on a on a uh, birthday trip and we camped out one night and it was at like a big spring or round spring down in Southern Missouri. I mean, that place was completely discovered. (laughs) There wasn't a square inch that hadn't been discovered, but to those boys, 
it was uncharted territory, mm -hmm. you know, and they were discovering new lands and new things and you could just see the brightness in their eyes. And so for a guy, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I think we were designed for that, right? We were designed um, uh, to rule, mm -hmm. to have dominion, um, to explore, to discover. And, and I think God in some way in heaven is, is going to give us that again. The same that he's, thing that he said to Adam and Eve, hey, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, you have dominion over it, right? Uh, heaven, heaven is going to be a recreation of that, but without the brokenness of sin. Perfection. That's why I think it's so fascinating to me when people think that um, when children die, they become like these little angels or that we're just going to be strumming, you know, harps. That's one of the things you talk about, that it's not, I wouldn't want to go there either. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? If no. that were my future... Even I've, I've had these conversations with my youngest son. He's like, I don't know that I want to go to heaven if I'm just going to be like sitting around, you know, like that's, that's not, I don't think that's heaven to God. You know what right. I mean? Right. Like that would be just torture. So. Well, I mean, we, what we do see from scripture is that there are houses there. Yes. You know, that God is preparing, you know, this is the thing I'm always, I've, I've been designing, you know, the house I'm living in in heaven with the Lord since I was a little kid. Since I hear this, I'm like, okay, God, I want a tiger in my house. And, you know. I want um, the tiger print. You okay. can have the tiger. I will have the animal print. I want, I want the animal, um, you know, those kinds of things. So, but we ha that is in scripture, that there is a home that God is preparing for us, uh, that there's trees, that there's uh, rivers. Yes. Um, all of the, all of those kinds of things so that that we know that those physical tangible mm -hmm. things and I, I often wonder if because we see them on earth and we see them in heaven I often wonder like when God decided to create the the earth if he like leaked some of it you know like just you know because even there's gems they talk about gems like there's mm -hmm. um uh all these different kinds of gems that are in heaven and they're also on earth too and I'm like did he just place pieces of heaven down here so that it would so that both would feel like home like no matter where we are so i'm glad you i think this is another thought to think to think about and i i just this is a thought i had during this whole time that i think is transformational if you think about it god didn't mess earth up like when he created it the first time he didn't mess it up he, did, he didn't make any mistakes we messed it up you know our sin and our brokenness and i, and I believe that sin doesn't just affect the life and a broken life, but it, it, you know, you read through Genesis chapter three, it, the, the curse wasn't just on man. The curse was on the earth. You know, now the earth is going to produce thorns and thistles and, you know, it, it's going to kind of fight against you while you're trying to, and, and it wasn't that way. You know, it wasn't that way before. Yeah. Fight against it while you're trying mm -hmm. to make something come, come out of it. And that's, that's, and that's fun. And it's the curse of, it's the curse of sin. It's, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I may need to retract that. But I don't, I don't know this necessarily that God said, oh, well, nah, you, you did something wrong. Now I have to physically curse the earth. No, I think the, I don't think the, the, I don't think the effect of sin was that God caused man to die. I think the effect of sin is death. You know, sin mm -hmm. brings death, right? And sin brings brokenness. And it broke the earth, right? And so earth, earth is, was what God wanted it to be. It's just broken. So just, you know, we talked about this in the sermon. You know, like if you, if you had two spheres— and in one, one, two circles, and in one circle is good, and, and, and in one circle is only evil. Those, those two circles overlap here on earth, right? And that heaven is a place, the eternal heaven, and even in the intermediate heaven, is a place of only good. And a hell is a place of only evil. But earth, we have both, right? We have That's the goodness of God and the evil uh, of our sin 
and the enemy. And so uh, earth now is kind of this mixture. And when we get to the eternal heaven, it's going to be only good. Um, no, you know, lakes without pollution and oceans without hurricanes and you know, just all, all of the great things of life without any of the evil things of life. Yeah. We talked about that grieving with hope. You had mentioned that earlier, Jane, and um, that's in First Thessalonians 4, 13 through 14, that there are people who don't believe in an eternity. And so when they grieve that loss, they grieve it so heavily. Mm-hmm. And not that our grief is, is any less heavy, yeah. but it is mixed with hope because the word of God says that we're gonna see our loved ones again. And that kind of goes to, uh, you know, what are some of the things that we're gonna be doing in heaven? Um, I have some very wonderful friends that believe that their their loved one when they pass on becomes their angel and is looking out for them and doing things for them and that they can like, oh, thanks, you know, they and and it helps them feel connected mm-hmm. with their loved one that's passed because mm-hmm. they feel like that person's watching over them. Um, what do you know about scripture about what you know, there's a cloud of witnesses scripture. Mm-hmm. So we, we know that 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 that's an argument for awareness that yeah. there's a cloud of witnesses cheering mm-hmm. us on. But um, what do you understand about what happens when we, we pass on to the next life? Is it, are they intervening on our behalf or it, it, is there a different uh, explanation for those things? I think that, well, I mean, Jane said it earlier, people don't become angels and angels don't become people. Angels are angels and people are people. They're different beings that God created intentionally. So we don't, we don't get wings when we go to heaven. You know, we're we're we are people, um, and angels are angels. So, you know, your deceased loved ones don't become angels who who watch over you now. And again, going back to that story of um, the, the rich man and, and Lazarus, that there there seemed to be this awareness mm-hmm. between, right? Um, and so, uh, in fact, kind of going back to Catholicism and prayer to the saints, one of one of the reasons that they they did that is because there was a, a strong belief that if you died as a martyr, which in that time, you know, there were um, the Colosseum, there were lots of martyrs uh, for the Christian faith in that day. They believed that if you did, then you would go straight. You would you would skip purgatory and go straight to heaven. Mm-hmm. And so then they would go tell those people, hey, can you uh, let Jesus know, you know, that Aunt Susie has a sore big toe? You know what I mean? Whatever, whatever it was. Um, and so I, I don't, I don't. I don't know. I, I certainly think that there is a. Um, we all know this. Ephesians six that our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, about against forces of darkness in heavenly places. When Elisha's servant walked out and saw the the army surrounding Around them, uh, God opened his eyes to be able to see that surrounding them, who who surround the ones surrounding them, were surrounded by yes. a great army of of, of angelic hosts. And so, I think that um, completely unaware to us. And what is that passage that says that at times we're entertaining angels unaware? unaware. Mm. Right? I think that there are certainly angels uh, at work. I think there is a, a cosmic battle constantly raging um, for the hearts and the lives and the souls of of all of us. Um, whether or not, and to answer the question, as far as our loved ones, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I think they are aware. And again, and I think back to that Hebrews passage, the host of. Um, witnesses that that see but as far as their involvement in our life i I don't know 
there is that I do believe that there is a veil, you know, from the scripture that you just referenced, that there is that we are living a, we are spiritual beings living an earthly experience. And we have a soul that will live on beyond this body. Um, but I do believe from scripture that there are angels and demons all around us. Um, I have heard it said that there is a war between like Satan and God as if they were equals. Satan and God are not equals. No. Right. Satan and the like um, Michael would be equals. The right. Because they were like equal mm-hmm. archangels. That's so good. Yeah. But they're not, it is not an equal Satan, you know, going against an equal God. God created Lucifer. He is a created being by God. They are not equals. Um, and so that has really helped me. But the other thing, I, and again, I am not, I don't want this to come out like I'm some great theologian. I've probably done the reading that you've read. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And probably not even as much as you read. But the parable that the rich man and Lazarus has resonated with me as far as, um, I, I do believe that we go with our memories. And and I think because the, the Lazarus was telling um the rich man, what, 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 wasn't it? Or the, like, no, go the, and tell my brothers. The rich man said, go and tell go, my- To Lazarus. He, yes. Yeah. Go and tell them or go and tell my family. Like, mm-hmm. this is real. Like, I'm not, the rich man was not in a good place and Lazarus wasn't a good place. Yes. And yeah. so he was like trying to say, go and tell them, send them a sign. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. Jesus has already sent the sign. Jesus has yeah. already walked this earth. I've done it. But but what we have experienced in our personal family, um, what we have experienced, and it's- I don't think it's hard and fast, but because you go with your memories, and I don't know how it works, so I'm going to just put something out here in a talk soup. I don't know how this works, but in our family, we have seen when a loved one dies who has walked with God and who has been a, a, I have my grandmother's wedding ring. I have another ring that I wear that's hers, my, my jewelry store. There, we, when she died and before her, when my grandfather died, we saw miracles take place in our family that had been prayed about forever. Yes. And upon their passing, we saw people get married who had been living together for a long time. We saw healings. We saw, I mean, it, it has been, an, it gives me chills even to talk about it. And so our, our thought kind of is, and again, who knows? We don't know. I, I think God delights to hear our thoughts. I think he probably laughs at some of our thoughts, but we know that here on earth, we pray. We know that Jesus prayed. And we know that Jesus is is still praying for us. He's still mm-hmm. interceding right. for us, ongoing. This prayer is something that takes place in heaven, biblically speaking. Mm-hmm. So we almost wonder if if when our when our loved ones go before us, but go before that they are not continuing in prayer for their loved ones, and yet there is no sin that now contaminates. Yeah. They have, do you know what I mean? There is. It's just. We're just talking to Jesus. Yeah. Would you please go? And you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Would you please go? And we don't know how all that works. And I don't even know that's how it works. Yeah. But what we have noticed in our own family is an, is a releasing of miracles that we have prayed for an extended period of time when one of our loved ones. And, and so honestly, even when my grandmother was, was getting ready to meet Jesus, we would tell her, remember Michael, remember Morgan, remember, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Remember them before the Lord. And um, it's just been beautiful to watch. So who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I have a great story. Uh, you were talking about your grandmother, and uh, my grandmother was just such a pivotal uh, person in our family, the, the true matriarch of our family. And she loved the Lord, and she loved us in such a sweet way. And she impacted us so greatly in her quiet faith and her constant uh, unconditional love for all of us. You know, And when my grandmother passed away, uh, I missed her terribly, obviously. And from what my understanding of the, uh, 
from the word was, is that, you know, I, I can talk to Jesus and Jesus can talk to my grandma, but maybe technically I, I can't talk to my grandma, you know? Mm. So I'm like, Lord, you're with my grandma right now. You're with me right now because you're omnipresent. So I would, whenever I was really missing her, I would say, Lord, would you just tell grandma I said hi? Would you just tell her I'm so grateful for her love and what a great example she was and that I miss her today and tell her hi. And I would just, I did that for really consistently for a couple years. And it was, no one knew, my husband didn't know, my friends didn't know, no one knew. I just said, Lord, just tell grandma hi today. I'm thinking of her, I miss her. And um, around about a year or two after that, my neighbor's mother had passed away around the same time. And I was out going to the mailbox as we do. She was out with her kids or whatever. She's like, Trisha, Trisha, I need to tell you something. And she runs over and she said, I had a dream last night. I was talking to my mom. And I say, so her mom had passed away. And, and those dreams are always precious. When we like dream of talking with our loved ones are always just a precious, I think a gift from the Lord. But um, she was, I was dreaming, I was talking to my mom and my mom and I were having a conversation. And my mom said, oh, hold on a second. Tell Trisha her grandma says hi. That was in her dream. And she had to run and tell me the next day that she dreamed that nobody knew that I was telling Jesus, tell my grandma hi. That's so sweet. You know what's so interesting to me about this is that Scripture doesn't say that, right? Scripture does not say that we communicate with our loved ones. In fact, we're, we're told to avoid that. I mean, we're opening up. You can, we have um, familiar spirits, right? People who take on the demons who take on, uh, they've studied us, the personality of- Well, yeah, if you're an eternal being being that's seeing everybody do what they do, you have a lot of information about families. So we're, we're actually told not to do that. But the thing that is so interesting to me is that if God does allow it, do you know what I mean? Allow that he's, he's not, I think that we are so idolatrous and our grief is so real that we would, if it was possible to communicate with our loved ones, we would get caught up doing that and not communicating with God. And the invitation has always been to seek ye first the kingdom of God, speak to God, talk to God, worship God. And if God saw fit, because again, Jesus is with you, right? In mm-hmm. spirit, by, by his Holy Spirit, he's in heaven at the same time. And if he wants to, that's just the sweetness of Jesus. Exactly. You know what I He's mean? So that he'd want to do that right. and be kind. But but it is so but we are so idolatrous. I think what I think that in our pain, we would totally get off. That's why people go to seances. They go uh-huh. do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. They're, they're completely off base when we just need to be going to the Father. You know? And I think biblically, I think biblically there's certainly evident. I mean, Samuel was it Samuel? Or Samuel, right? That um, It was. It yeah, was Samuel. Uh that that appeared post-mortem, we'll call it, Jesus, you know. Spirit. And he was recognizable. And recognizable he was after resurrection, yes. hung out on earth, and then appeared to Paul later on. And then, of course, we had already talked about Moses and Elijah, right? you know, on the Mount of Transfiguration. So I don't I don't think anything that you're talking about um, is necessary. I appreciate, you know, there's the balance there, right? There's yes. the balance of making sure that we, we recognize that this is probably not the norm, but that sometimes in God's grace, I think he does. I think God gives us these these graces for us at times. And and again, you know, my personal belief is that our loved ones, yes, do carry their memories. Uh, I had this conversation with Cole, our new youth pastor, about, you know, will, you know, well, I, will I know they just got married um, a week ago tomorrow. Will I, will I know Emily when I get to heaven? I'm like, yeah, you'll you'll know her. I don't, I don't know that we're going to have, you know, relationships like we do on earth. Um, or currently, but yeah, you, 
That'll be complicated if you have married multiple times. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who's yeah. They, they asked Jesus that, actually, in the Bible. They do. But yes, that was a question. <laughs> Who's she going to be married to? You know, and it's you're neither married nor given in marriage. Yeah. And uh, so it'll be interesting. I, I'm not mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it's, I think it's interesting because uh, marriage is a representation of uh, our relationship with the Lord, a relationship of the Trinity. It's an earthly representation of a spiritual reality, and uh, and also just uh, 